Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. Welcome to yet another episode of Journey with Mpo. In this episode, we explore the world of tattoos with Anson Park, a Hawaii-based tattoo artist. Anson has been inking himself and countless people for 15 years. Stay tuned as we discuss the ancient art of tattooing. Here answers to questions like, what factors affect the pain levels of getting a tattoo? What to do pre and post tattoo? And how workplace laws regarding individuals with tattoos are affecting the tattoo industry. Also, I did warn you, I have a very special surprise for everyone. Welcome, let's get right into it. We are hanging out with Ensign, a tattoo artist in Waikiki, Honolulu. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for sharing your energy. Thanks for having me. Let's jump right into it. How long have you been a tattoo artist for? I started when I was 18. I believe I'm 33 this year. So, <laughs> Is that like 14 or 15 years? Something like that. Oh, mathematics isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, maybe Asian, but I'm not good at mathematics. <laughs> What got you into the profession? Was it just hobbies or? It was kind of by accident, honestly. Huh. Um, I was getting tattooed. Well, I guess I should start earlier. I've been getting uh, piercings since I was probably 15 or 16. Um, and so, you know, during high school, and I was always kind of the pierced kid. And a lot of people would ask me about piercings and tattooing. And I didn't really know much about tattooing at the time. But I would always take them to the same shop that I got pierced at. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older and as my friends got older, tattooing became more of the norm than piercing. And when I finally turned 18, I decided to get tattooed. I probably got... Legal age. Yeah. Uh, I probably got tattooed uh, once a month for the first four or five months of being 18. I don't know, something like that. Um, and I was in their shop. I was getting tattooed by the gentleman who had done piercings and tattoos for me before. And uh, we were doing the piece on my wrist here, this kind of black spiky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had the stencil on me, and you know, before we started tattooing, he was like, "Well, kid, uh, I just need you to know that this is a very visible tattoo, okay. and it's something that could cost you job opportunities. You know, Oof. you're really young, yeah. and the town I was living in at the time, majority of the jobs were in the service industry, specifically catering to uh, tourists coming to Hawaii. Okay. So a lot of the front of the house stuff, uh, you couldn't be tattooed because majority of the guests were Japanese, and even though Japan has a very really amazing tattoo tradition yes. um, it's still viewed with a very negative image mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that kind of cuts you out of a lot of those opportunities if you are tattooed visibly uh, I jokingly kind of said well you know if I have a problem getting a job I'll just teach you uh, ask you to teach me to tattoo <laughs> uh, he pulled out a business card he wrote his you know he wrote his personal phone cell phone number on there and he had it to me he said you know give me a call this weekend and mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk I said okay and that was how long from then was it that you actually had your first client and you were doing your first tattoo? Let's see, my first tattoo I probably did within like 
a couple of months of being in the shop, but it was all myself. The first ah. time I tattooed someone else wasn't too long after that, maybe another month or so after that. So it was pretty fast. Um, mm -hmm. At the time, uh, in Hawaii, uh, licensure was only being given out every six months, and then mm -hmm. you had to wait again another six months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I got started the tattooing, it was really close to a licensure testing date, and I did it, and I passed it, so I was a legal tattooer in the state of Hawaii okay. fairly quickly. Um, but it took me a, a little bit of time to get to the point where I could comfortably tattoo clientele and not people that like I either I knew or they volunteered for me to start mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. I think how many tattoos have you done on yourself I guess it depends on how you count tattoos <laughs> if you count them as like individual pieces or if you count them as like what you did in one day oh, um, okay, if you count like individual pieces maybe eight or nine whoa if you count them done in one day uh, maybe three Oh, I see. And the license that you spoke about, is does that, is that just for Hawaii or every time you move you need to get a different license for different states have different laws? Yeah, so here in the U.S., uh, licensure as far as tattooing goes is a state-by-state -state basis. Um, okay. Hawaii does require you to have a license. It used to be one of the more strict ones in the mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. um, it changed pretty drastically a few years back. And... It seems like now it's a lot easier to get your license. Mm -hmm. uh, it all has to do with a group of tattooers who came together who wanted to have a convention and they wanted an easy way for artists that were traveling here from out of state mm -hmm. to be able to legally work at the convention. Huh. What do you like about being a tattoo artist? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, th that's changed over the years. When I started, mm -hmm. um, I had this idea that like when I was getting tattooed, having tattoos and kind of being a tattooed person uh, made you part of a community. And um, for some people, it was something that was like getting a tattoo uh, made them feel more confident. Okay. And so that was really neat to see as mm -hmm. a young tattooer and really neat to experience as a tattooer. Mm -hmm. um, and as time has gone on, uh, you know, 15, 14, 15 years later, now I enjoy the amount of freedom it gives me. Mm. Um, recently we had a, I had a son and it gives me the opportunity to work less and spend more time with my family what don't you like that has also changed <laughs> over time <laughs> um, you know early in my career one of the things I did experience is um, tattooers and I think all artists in general tend to develop pretty big egos okay and I had some really bad experiences with a few tattooers in different shops that um, were very egocentric and, mm -hmm. you know, very uh, attention-seeking. That was pretty difficult. As time has gone on, it's changed and it seems to change every few years. Um, everything from, like, you know, you feel trapped uh, in certain areas or in certain shops or, or you're not doing, you're not progressing at the rate you want to. Mm -hmm. In the last... 10 years or so a lot has changed in the tattooing industry as far as how we're perceived mm -hmm. and how the public gains knowledge about tattooing ah. uh, the tv shows have been a blessing and a curse for us and that affects how we view the industry and how clients view our industry okay um, <clears throat> a lot of people come in now after you know all these tattoo shows have been out thinking that they have all the answers based on what they've seen on a tv show and Sometimes you have to explain to them that the things they see on a TV show 
are very heavily edited. Yes. And or made for TV, mm, you know? Production uh, purposes. Yeah, I think that's media, uh, like that televised media in general. Uh, it, it's shifted from being an information source to being something that is about ratings and about um, acknowledgement more than it is about spreading information. Okay, you seem to dabble in both color and traditional black ink tattoos. Do you have a preference? I don't really have one style or another that I prefer. Okay. It's more about what fits that particular tattoo or what fits that particular skin tone or mm -hmm. person more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, How often do you get clients who want cover-ups? <laughs> That's also changed over the years. I've messed up. I need this covered up very quickly. I no longer resonate with the design. When I did it, I was young and stupid. Yeah, you hear all those excuses. <laughs> um, it's become something that's a little bit easier to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's actually thanks to the TV shows, which is why I say it's a blessing and a curse. Yes. There's been a few shows that focus specifically on cover-ups. Mm -hmm. and how they can be handled and what is possible and what is not and the correct way to approach cover-ups. Um, that's given us leeway with clients about that. They kind of understand a little bit better of what is accomplishable and what is not. And um, I think that has brought about more people being okay with getting a cover-up. Mm -hmm. But there are still situations that you know it's not going to work or what I have to do requires more than you willing to, to, to do, to do you know. people will often say the location of the tattoo will determine the painfulness of the experience but are there other factors that determine how painful the experience is yeah there always are um placement is i would say the number one factor because mm -hmm. certain areas of the body just are more sensitive mm -hmm. um the next would be you know personal pain tolerance that's something that i have no control over um mm -hmm. Uh, sunburns <laughs> here in Hawaii people get sunburned all the time and mm -hmm. then they think you know it's gonna be fine it's not uh, scarring uh, depending on what kind of scarring you have can affect how it feels yeah what do you do to make the experience less painful just when you notice that someone's experiencing way too much pain it's different for every situation um, if it's something that is about comfort, you know, it's a big thing that's changed in the industry over the last 15 years is ergonomics. There are products uh, and equipment that is making it easier for people to sit for longer periods. You know, if it's a, a good chair or a good bed or a good way to position them and support different body parts that doesn't, you know, cause their hip to ache while you're working on something like mm -hmm. that. Um, sometimes the most pain comes from things that aren't even getting tattooed. Um, I've tattooed quite a number of people who have had different injuries throughout their careers, especially okay. military personnel. Okay. Um, and a lot of times, you know, their knees, their shoulders, their hips, their backs don't yeah. work quite right. So yeah. the way you have them positioned can actually affect the tattooing experience. The next thing people always ask for is an, an anesthesiologist. And legally, if you had a licensed anesthesiologist who was willing to work in a tattoo shop, <laughs> it is completely legal in the state of Hawaii. Uh, okay. I can't speak for every other state, but, yeah. you know, you would then have to pay the anesthesiologist okay. and that would be a different charge than what I would be doing. So what creates the bumps and blotches in some tattoos where the ink seems to have splurged out? Ah, so that's part of that 
discussion we just had with the skin. Mm. Um, if it's raised, like if the if a bump is raised and you can feel it with your finger or any kind of textile sensation where you, where you go over it and there's like a bump, an actual raised bump, that's scarring. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at a tattoo and it seems like the pigment is moving under the skin, uh, the common term in the industry is called a blowout. Okay. And what's happened there is you've placed too much pigment into one area. So when you think about skin and you think about tattooing, um, we're putting a liquid into a semi-liquid. Uh, skin's a semi-liquid, and over time it does degrade and change. We lose collagen, we lose elasticity, we lose all that. We wrinkle. We wrinkle. That's I mean, that's, <laughs> that's But in the wrinkling process, you can start to notice that your skin does dry out, kind of. Um, <clears throat> and we're losing, we're losing that elasticity and all that through that. So when you imagine putting a liquid into a semi-liquid, as that semi-liquid breaks down, the liquid is going to disperse a little bit. Mm-hmm. The best example I've come up with over the years is if you imagine Jello, and you have your block of Jello, and it's a fresh, nice piece of Jello, and you start putting juice into that Jello, and yeah. it holds that juice perfectly in that one spot. Okay. And then the Jello starts to degrade and kind of melt, and the juice starts yeah. kind of moving. It's the same thing with skin and tattooing. It kind of like moves a little bit. Jello. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, how tattooing works on like a medical level, I guess, would be that every time the needle strikes your skin and deposits a small deposit of pigment, a little piece of the scar tissue forms around that and kind of holds it into like a little ball. Okay. Um, and as time again, as those you know scar tissues and skins break down and things like that, those balls tend to kind of go where they want. Do you think that it is the responsibility of tattooers to inform the client? about you know some of the consequences absolutely absolutely um whenever we tattoo someone for the first time regardless of if they're someone who has had tattoos before or if they're someone who's just getting into the world of tattooing we definitely inform them of all the risks uh, that come with their tattoo um, be it those things about size or possible risks of uh you know other injuries there's a lot of things, you know, tattooing puts extra stress on the body. It's not as invasive as a surgery. Okay. Um, but it's just as bad as, you know, getting a scrape or a cut. Tell us about the most unique or profound or really weird design you've ever had to do on a client. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, there were some that used to stand out to me and now they just seem normal. Um... I think one in recent years that was pretty interesting was we had a young gentleman come in and he said he wanted to get a bean with a mustache and a sombrero. And I guess he lost a bet and he was just uh, holding up to the bet. Yeah, some of the more funny things, uh, I had a client who had somehow developed a, uh, an area in his groin that didn't grow hair. And he wanted to tattoo a little man with a lawnmower. <laughs> so we did that. Um... Then it brings up the idea that there's some... Because you're in someone's personal bubble, mm-hmm. there's some uncomfortable places to be tattooing. It can be. It, <laughs> that comes down to the interaction with you and the client. Yes. Right? Like if you're both aware of it and not going to be you know, upset or, or affected or offended by it, it's usually a really easy experience. Yes. Um, but if one of you is very uncomfortable about it, and usually it's the client more than it is us tattooers, eh, 
just like the medical profession, after a while, it just becomes work. Uh, and it, it depends, I think, on the area you work, like the shop you work in. The shop I work in right now has a very open design, so all the tattooers are in the same room. Okay. There's not any barriers between us. Okay. Um, we do have separate areas uh, that we set up for intimate, more intimate tattooing scenarios, um, mm-hmm. but most of us just prefer to work in an open room. I think that's just what we're used to. Some people do really weird things when they're scared or in pain. Mm-hmm. What is the weirdest request or thing a client has done during a session? I think the weirdest thing I've seen is the people that are okay when they're by themselves. And once their friend or significant other shows up, all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. Really? Yeah, that's happened a couple of times. Um, we've had a couple of people fake orgasms. <laughs> like, it gets me off. And you're like, no, it doesn't. And stop. Or I'm just going to stop tattooing you. <laughs> you do every once in a while see people pass out. What are some of the reasons people pass out? Uh, So the biggest one for tattooing that I think of is that your blood sugar um, ends up dropping pretty quickly. You know, with tattooing, it's a sustained... It may not be overly painful, but it's a sustained Mm -hmm. uh, feeling. And all of our normal biological um, reactions happen. So the first one would be, you know, fight or flight. Uh, But something we're we're choosing to do it, so we're probably not going to run away from it, and we're not going to fight it because we're, again, choosing to do this. It's not really not a good idea to fight your tattooer, uh, physically anyway. <laughs> um, so you just kind of accept it. And when the body starts accepting it, the body goes into like, okay, now we have to be in pain management mode. Um, and so the first thing it does is a little bit of adrenaline because we had our fight or flight mechanism. And that's okay. adrenaline. Okay. And you're kind of like, ooh. And then the next thing the body does when it realizes that it's not going to be able to get away from or fight off this pain is it'll release endorphins, which is like a natural... Uh, anesthetic okay Um, and those two chemicals being released in your blood system generally raise your heart rate raise your breathing raise your temperature which eats your blood sugar okay you know and if you are low on blood sugar if you haven't eaten or you don't you know really take care of yourself or if you're prone to passing out uh, especially from the increased breathing like the uh, the hyperventilating people pass out Um, the next thing is people hold their breath a lot of people hold their breath when they're in pain yeah, I actually do that. You know, uh, and you hold your breath long enough and you will pass out. <laughs> Same thing. Diving, you know this, you dive, right? Yeah, being in an anaerobic environment, uh, <laughs> you will pass out. Pre-diving, After that a while, is. you'll pass out. <laughs> I am certain you guys are wondering, what does tattooing have to do with journeying with Mpo? I mean, what is this girl up to? Well, we're still at it. I'm about to let you know without further ado. Drum roll, please. Mm, wait, let's get a real drum roll. I am getting a tattoo! <laughs> That's why we have Ensign here. Ensign will be doing my tattoo. So this show, just so you know, is recorded pre the tattoo. I will be posting images and videos from my tattoo experience after I have released this episode, obviously. So go ahead and check out our Instagram page at Journey with Mpo, our website, www.journeywithmpo.com, 
We're on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. My mom's probably rolling her eyes with good reason. See, my mom and I are best friends. So when she came to visit during December 2016, I had been living in Hawaii for eight months. I agreed that we would get tattoos together, but she had to do hers first since it was a semi-cover-up. I would go after, but here's the thing. I betrayed my best friend. She apparently had been crying while getting the tattoo. I had not stayed to watch since I wanted to spend the day with my sister. Long story short, I ended up not getting the tattoo. I tried to get it again on my birthday this year, but there was a scheduling conflict. So here we are. The time is as right as ever. I am ready to solidify my relationship with the country of my birth, South Africa, and the state of my spine, strengthening Hawaii. This design is an acknowledgement of my continuous healing journey, an appreciation of the African continent that gave me the wings to be the woman I am today, and an aloha to Hawaii for granting me the permission to explore the elasticity of my backbone. It has been tearful, happy, and so many other things, but most of all, it has been a tireless search of trying to find a home, somewhere between two places on opposite side of the world, here, in my spirit, in my peace, in my love, in my purpose, on the inside of me, I am finally discovering home. And this is exactly what getting this tattoo is about. Let's get a little bit into my tattoo design. Um, how long do you think it will take to get the entire piece done with the Polynesian art and the African continent wings? Uh, that's going to depend on size. I know we haven't talked too much about size, but you know, depending on how big you want to do it, it kind of really affects how long it takes me. Um, at the size I have it at right now, I could probably finish the whole piece within an hour to an hour and a half. Hmm. Efficiency. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit more about that Polynesian art form. Mm -hmm. Do the specific... I'm not familiar here, so help me out. Do the specific symbols and patterns mean so, certain things? Yeah, for Polynesian tattooing, um, a lot of that stuff has been lost over the years. You know, that was mm -hmm. a big part of the culture that we lost when we were colonized and mm -hmm. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, from what we have been able to gather, uh, talking to Tatao artists, so Tatao artists are, are the guys who do traditional tattooing with uh, the sticks and the bones and all that kind of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they tend to have a little bit better understanding of some of the patterns and what they were meant for, but they all, the consensus there is pretty much all of that. Those patterns that we do are things that we were represented in nature, either things that we've seen. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily always have the same meaning, uh, especially from culture to culture. 
especially in the Polynesian Triangle, you know, that, that stretches okay. from Hawaii to Easter Island to, I think, like New Zealand or something like that. Okay. Uh, so you can see the same kind of art form and almost the same kind of languages throughout that whole Polynesian Triangle. Mm -hmm. um, but they could mean completely different things, not just from nation to nation, but from island to mm -hmm. island. Something that would have meant something uh, to someone on Oahu would be completely different to someone on Maui. Well, there you have it, folks. Thursday, June 20th, I officially get inked. Hmm, hopefully I don't chicken out on it. Maybe check out Instagram and see if I actually went through with it. <laughs> this episode is dedicated to all those people who are like me, been meaning to get that tattoo, but haven't really gotten around to it. <laughs> Let's get out there and chase the dreams that we want. Also, in the next episode, we're doing South African expats. Question is, is South Africa a continent or a country? And where exactly is South Africa? Pascal and I answer all these questions in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, we're on Instagram at Journey with Mpo. The website has been specifically fine-tuned for your needs. It's journeywithimport.com, iTunes, Spotify. Please don't forget to rate, review us. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Tell me what you think about this tattoo. Mahalo kwe, kia Aloha.